Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season. So you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con- in, in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek. And you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices, even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying, as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 381 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Sunday, August 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going? It's going. Um, watched some baseball this weekend uh, with my with my uh, both my brothers, but mainly for with my youngest brother because he's a Rangers fan. Um, so got to watch the Rays take it to his Rangers two of three this weekend. Uh, that was nice. Uh, yeah. That really was the most part. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping the recording works well for us, oh, given geez. the issues. What are you using oh, these geez. days? If you haven't already gone public with this, this is called free video call recorder for Skype, and it's made by the Acme Publishing Company. Yeah, I I don't. Well, what I was I was trying to get Call Graph to work. That wasn't working. I tried something called Call Note, and that was the one that would make it look like it was recording. Although it had, it didn't have any bars. It didn't have any sound bars that would bump, or uh, nor did it have a timer that would run. It would just say recording dot dot dot. Uh, so you just had to kind of trust it, and then you do an hour long podcast and it doesn't record. So this one has a timer. I've been doing tests. I haven't messed up an episode in like a whole week. Look at me go. So keep I, knocking. I feel, I, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm finally getting uh, a handle on how to record a podcast after like five years of doing it. <laughs> hey, me. I saw we had some good feedback on Beagle Graphs last week, so that was really nice. I mean, um, how can you go wrong with Beagle Graphs? Exactly. And now this week was kind of crazy. Actually, I ran into some friends of ours. I was in um, rural Georgia for work, and I get a call. They're like, hey, we need you in New York City for a meeting on Thursday at 1 o'clock. And so I'm in rural Georgia uh, at one o'clock on Wednesday. I'm like, that's going to be a little bit of a problem, but I made it. 
and I got up there late Wednesday night, and I just missed the SiriusXM Fantasy Football Draft oh, at the uh, the Fantasy Sports Lounge. And so, but I got up there and uh, saw Nando, saw uh, Joe Sheehan, saw uh, Adam Ronas, saw Tony Sincata. Uh I just missed Kaz and Kush. They apparently got there about ten minutes after I left at midnight. Um, so I saw a whole bunch of guys. It was a nice surprise uh, to see some folks. Nice party. And, yeah, and this, the place is awesome. That fantasy, uh, that, that was the place we, they tried to have Tout Wars this year, but it was about two weeks um, late in opening, so we didn't get it. But I'm hoping we go there this year. That place is a sweet setup. I'll have to check it out. Did you end up going there while we were in New York to check something out, though? I did not. Okay, no. I felt like somebody did in March. Oh, wait, you're saying it wasn't open in March. I'm, I've obviously it, never it been to this place. Okay. But no. I've been to the hotel. Um, I've stayed at the hotel it's in. Uh, it's in a, a Marriott Renaissance hotel, but um, it's not the one I typically stay at. But I have stayed at that property before. But that particular restaurant wasn't ready. But I'm hoping we do Tout Wars because it had a nice outdoor space, lots of elbow room, and not the not the greenhouse uh, that we've done in, in Sirius XM Studios. <laughs> I'm blaming the greenhouse for my bad Tout Wars season. That, I'm running out that's of excuses. Hilarious. I was going to say, you got you got to come up with something, right? Um, travel graphs might actually surpass Beagle graphs. I'm not, not going to lie. That's true. I'm not going to It lie. is true. I'm going back to New York tomorrow. <laughs> well, as as we are wont to do at times, well, we're going to talk about the Rays a little bit here, but we're going to have some positive news. I'll tell you what. We've discussed Rays on a lot of your episodes because they have some intriguing players, especially on the pitching side. But a lot of it this year has been bad. What's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with that guy? They've actually been pitching pretty well lately. You look at the last 30 days on the ESPN Player Raider. you got Jake Odorizzi, Chris Archer, Drew Smiley sitting sixth. 13th and 25th that's not half bad excuse me for the team you noticing any big changes with any of the three of them obviously let's start with Odorizzi is at six right now he's pitching some of his best ball of late at least from a fantasy standpoint are we seeing any changes in him is it just as simple as they're allowing fewer homers as a team yeah, I mean, they were due for some home run regression. The funny thing is, uh, Matt Andrees, who's the one guy that was somehow suppressing homers, who has the worst stuff on the staff, is now all of a sudden giving them up in bunches. And everybody else who was giving them up in bunches isn't really, although Smiley did give up two today. He gave up a, a hanging cutter. Uh, a hanging cutter got bashed by uh, Delano DeShields Jr., and then he gave up an opposite field on a fastball to. Uh, Drew Stubbs. Uh, but other than that, Smiley looked fantastic today. I mean, one of the things that he's doing uh, that I, I, I really want to get a, a figure on is he, he's throwing this new, it almost looks like a curveball that has change-up action to it. And, and he's done it in the past a little bit, but it's this really weird pitch. It looks like a curveball grip out of his hand, but it drops 12, it almost goes like 12 to 7. Yeah, you, know, you think maybe the over the top is twelve to six, but it's got this really strange thing where it goes straight down. It comes in like eighty four, eighty five. I, I have a note here to take a look at the uh, at the clusters on on TexasLeaguers.com so I can see if it's something that's that's new. But I've seen him do it in the past. But he probably, if you go back and watch today's video, um, he throws it a number of times in the middle of the game, and it's just a, there was a, a swing and miss by Ian Desmond where he was like. Uh, what the hell was that? And by the way, Ian Desmond, I have some really good news for you, Paul. Um, you and I have as many extra base hits as Ian Desmond this month. Whoa! So he has chilled considerably. By the way, the guy we're talking about with that 12-7 to 7 pitch, that's Smiley, uh, Drew Smiley. Ian Desmond, he couldn't stay hot forever, right? I mean, he was 20 out singles. of his mind. 20, 20 singles. At least he's getting some month. hits. 238 batting average, 238 slugging percentage. 
At least you're getting a little something on. At least he's not like at 110 and 110. Yes. But uh, yeah, that I mean, he has slowed considerably. The, the beauty is he built up such a uh, such a reserve. I mean, he's at 20 and 18 with his homers and stolen bases. Ian Desmond is with a 293 average. You kind of expected that it would, it would fall back a little bit. Hopefully, he has one last surge. Um, so we got Smiley. You know, he homers were a real big issue for him early, especially. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is actually he started off. Very early, he started off doing pretty well. Then he hit a lull that was horrific. You couldn't trust him at all, and honestly, it looked like he was hurt. And he was—he probably was going through. Think, you know, he seems like he's always dealing with a little something. I think he had a uh, start skipped at some point in the season, but lately, we've been seeing the Drew Smiley that we saw at the very beginning of the year. His last five starts: two twenty-five ERA in thirty-two innings, only twenty-three strikeouts, but also only three homers. I mean. You kind of look at, at his totals before this, one one zero three one one two one two two. That's one homer-free game in quite a long span there. What is that, 10 starts? Yeah, exactly, 10 starts. So you, can't, you just can't have that. You can't have that kind of success. So he's finally mixing in some homer-free games. We're seeing some good stuff out of Drew Smiley, but he's the lowest rated of them. Archer and Odorizzi are pitching even better. Archer, you were always concerned the command just wasn't there this year. Is he getting it any better, or is the stuff just you know kind of in the midst of a good run? Because the thing is, even when a guy like Archer is not really commanding, his stuff's good enough that he can be capable for you know three, four innings at a time. Yeah, it's it's better command, and, and same thing with Smiley too. I mean, he was really doing a good job. I, I mentioned the two mistake pitches he made today, uh, but he's doing a better job of moving it in and out, up and down, like he was. Uh, you know, he struck out ten Royals uh, earlier this month, struck out seven Rangers today, struck out six Yankees earlier, and yeah, the same thing with Odorizzi. Just and Archer, all of them, they're just throwing with better command of late, and that's really uh, ultimately that's what they have to do. And I think it's kind of funny. With Smiley, one of the things that can't be overlooked is this staff. I believe it was Smiley, Odorizzi, and Archer that got to face the Padres after they were almost no hit by Philly. <laughs> and then they ended up with four hits, I think. Or maybe it was single digits in a three-game series against the Rays. They had no hits. I mean, it was just Smiley threw a one-hitter. And the one hitter, uh, the one hit was a home run. I, I forgot who hit the home run. Um, but he got up a solo shot in that game. It was the only hit that he allowed. And it was early in the game, too. Uh, so... That that really can't be overlooked. Some of this stuff, but it was just a bad. But I mean, they they faced they faced um, you know the Royals who were uh, just about to get on their hot streak. Yeah. They had the the Jays. They've had the Padres. They've had the Rangers. You know, pretty good week. They went five and one this week. Uh, you know, facing a pretty dead San Diego team. You can never the Texas team. You can never escape trouble for too long in the AL East. You know, even if you catch some luck and happen to get out of the division for a while and face the. Uh, the Twins, and then, like you say, the Padres on a on a uh, interleague sort of situation. It's going to come right back with a Toronto somewhere, or a Boston, or a New York in New York. You can't stay you can't stay hidden for too long. So the fact that they've been doing this now for the last month plus, in, in a lot of the cases, says that they are just they are pitching better too. It's not just the schedule influencing them. The rest of the way, who do you want most uh, between Archer, Odorizzi, and Smiley? 
I want archery still getting the strikeouts. Um, Smiley's still topping out at 91, and that's that's kind of the concern there. If he's the velocity's not coming back. If you think back uh, just after the trade, after Detroit sent him to Tampa Bay, he was 93, 94. Mm-hmm. Then he had the shoulder issue, um, and he was topping out 91 today. But at least it was a well located 91, and and so ultimately that's. And then the Rangers have they do have their issues against lefties. Like Profar wasn't in the lineup today. Mazzaro wasn't in the lineup today. Uh, you know they had the. the the two guys everybody was kind of laughing at, like, hey, wow, look at that. I remember reading somebody's tweet, like, hey, why are the Rangers signing Carlos Gomez? Well, because they have to start Drew Stubbs and, and Delano Dishels yeah. Jr. against lefty, and those two guys go yard today. Uh, so that's it, that's kind how of, it works, of course. Yeah, kind of worked out for them. And um, so, uh, but I still want Archer because he's still leading the league in strikeouts. I mean, say what you will about how bad his stuff has been at points this year, he's still leading the league in strikeouts. And that's. Again, that's a huge point. That's why I was asking to see if his command's actually improved or the stuff itself is just kind of overpowering. I love that it's both. You know, we were worried about uh, about you know about him earlier this year. Archer was really looking bad. You think this is a guy next year that that you and I specifically, and probably a lot of other people, are going to get really psyched on because his price is going to be lowered, and we're going to get drunk on the uh, the league leading strikeout rate and strikeout total. And, and see that a 418 ERA is just not that bad of a season, and we're going to slough off a few of his bad starts and go crazy? Because I already feel like I am. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get a good – I don't know if he's really going to come at a discount. I think, I'm thinking he was 24 to 26 bucks this year. Um, I don't see him slipping below 20. I, I maybe he goes 22 this this coming year uh, because you still have to look at the, the, what the team is going to do around him. You know, if, if they – I'm still – 60% convinced they trade Longoria in the offseason. Uh, and then if they turn 2017 into a rebuilding year, do I want to pay 22 bucks for Archer and AL? No. That's a fair you know, point. Uh, so it, I, I really want to see what's going to happen to him in the offseason. It, it does seem like one of those guys who could be such a hot sleeper that he's not a sleeper anymore, right? Everyone starts talking right. Archer up, and then all of a sudden you look at the price and you're like, that's not a discount. So your 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 uh, point is well made there. And so, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll temper my expectations. But if he is at a discount, you better believe I'm jumping in. Um, this guy was discounted. Well, actually, he ended up getting inflated because of his hot spring training. He was probably the biggest spring training phenom on the hitting side, along with Juan Nicasio on the pitching side. Keon Broxton, everybody wanted him after his big spring training. Power-speed combo. This dude's going to have playing time for days. It's just going to be over, man. He is ready to go. Well... Jason, he has 157 plate appearances. But, to his credit, he's playing a lot better of late, maybe making up for some lost time. He has five homers and nine stolen bases in his last 19 games. He's got his uh, OPS up to 762. That's before a two-homer game today, though, so he's probably going to be up another 20 or so points, something like a 110-ish OPS plus. Is running, you know, even with the with the light Great appearances that he's had. He does have 17 stolen bases on 18 attempts. What do you think of Keon Broxton? Yeah, I'm glad he's getting a second chance because it was, I mean, you do have to discount what happens out in Arizona for spring training. The ball just, you know, everything flies out there. We've seen tremendous things in the past and it just hasn't panned out. Um, Although my prediction's not going to pan out. My my bold prediction for the Milwaukee Brewers this year was Keon Broxton leading a team in stolen bases. Um, VR That's is going to uh, yeah. make that a little impossible, but he, I mean, what, how is, I'm trying to look at where, where they're at, you know, where, the, where he is in the team standings, but in, for him to have as many steals as he does in part-time duty, 
Not bad. No, no, that's uh, exactly. 17 is, is pretty nice right now. So, um, you know, you, you got beat out by VR. But if he had played all year, the, these two might be. Hard on Perez, but he's third place in steals and he barely played. Yeah, these two might be going toe to toe if Keon had played all year. But VR has just been incredible. So we got to give love to VR there. But Keon Broxton, wh- where are you picking him up right now on this hot streak? Uh, I'm riding them out. If I if I needed the speed, I'm actually you know I would absolutely play it out and see where it goes the rest of this month. They're obviously giving him the chance. If he's nine for nine and stolen bases, he's gonna as long as he gets on base, he's gonna run. Right now, he's on base an insane amount of time, forty seven percent of the time. So he has ample opportunities to steal bases right now. Um, that obviously is gonna cool off a little bit. But the good news is he has a big green light, and you know even though he's striking out in this month, you know he has. 20 strikeouts in August. He also has 10 walks. So it's not like this is a, um, oh, give me a name of somebody who walks 3% of the time and strikes out 28. Ian Desmond um, yeah, or Danny Espinosa. You know, it's not like one of those things. It's not like one of those things. So, yeah, I'm, you know, it's good that he's picked. He's getting this, but I think it's a little too late. He, I doubt he's available in things, but That's this true. is a good it's a good thing for next year. It really sets a table for him next year. Maybe this is his job, uh, his job to lose coming out of camp you know who uh, and that's Keon Broxton you know who might have set the table last year I feel like he closed strong uh Jose Ramirez out in Cleveland you know didn't have an eye-popping season when you look at it in fact actually pretty bad a 68 OPS plus last year but did a little bit of fantasy work with uh with, with stolen bases and homers when he was doing damage that's the kind of damage that it was and he did close strong 775 OPS in the second half with uh well they weren't it's weird he had eight stolen bases in the first half but only two in the third but his hitting got way better in the second half i said third the third half what the hell's that um but he was all right jose ramirez was 22 year old mates had some playing time closed closed better than he looked uh for most of the season and was on some radars but not everybody's and he's having a great season for them as kind of a utility guy 23 years old, 455 plate appearances of a 311 average, 366 on base, 455 slug with nine homers and 20 stolen bases uh, this year. I mean, he just cont- he's been a huge he part. Tenth homer today. Yeah, he's been a huge part of what they're doing out there. Tenth, tenth today. So he's already 10 and 20. That's looking good right now. Over the last 30 days on ESPN's Player Raider, he's the top shortstop and third baseman. Unreal. <laughs> I mean, that's that. Like, to be that for both of those positions, I mean, that's just some severe and a lot of it's Well, a lot of it's August. You just look at August. I mean, I know you mentioned the, the second half, but you look at August, 9 of 10 on the stolen bases, 12 extra base hits, 5 of those are homers. He's scored 20 times. He's driven in 15. He's batting 383. Uh, during this time, he's just absolutely killing it. And that and that home run he hit on uh, Friday night, if you, if you haven't seen the Tom Hamilton call on his homer and Naquin's inside the park job, uh, you know, go back and look at it. It's awesome. Um, everybody, somebody said everybody needs a little Tom Hamilton call in your life because it was uh, it was something else uh, to that. But yet, this is the types of this is the types of time that we sit back and try to see the guys that are, that are putting it together down the stretch. I know it's, if, if your team's out of it, like just about all of mine are my local league, I've still got it, but you know, the national ones, forget it. Um, but this is what you start looking at to see what's happening and to see who may be greasing the skids for next year. One of the things uh, you know, I looked at uh, Rotowire article this weekend was the power that's coming from middle infield. And the fact that, you know, two years ago we had just nine players up the middle that had at least 15 home runs last year. We're at 18. So that number doubled. 
Uh, right now, we're already at 21. Wow. And if you look at the number of guys that are uh, that have at least 10 homers right now who make it to 15, that number could double again. We've got th- we, we're on pace for 36 guys having at least 15 home runs up the middle. So it's really and to keep an eye on who's doing who's. Um, Closing well down the stretch, Tim Anderson's one of the names I mentioned. Keep an eye on him because some of the stuff you could see, some of the skills and the talent-wise, you could see that's that's a potential there. So there's a couple of guys to keep an eye on. But that's one of the things I strongly encourage folks to do this time of year is uh, if your team's falling out of it, stop paying attention to your team. You know, keep your team competitive. Sure. You know, don't be a jerk and just punt your team. But start watching players that aren't on your team. Start looking for if, – if you can pick up guys now that you can keep, especially during this last – I know in a couple of leagues, um, rosters are frozen. I know my, my home leagues, I can't pick anybody else up after this week. This is my last week. So I need to – if I'm going to try to do some uh, speculations for 2017, this is it. This is my week to do it. Um, so that's your homework assignment for this week is go watch – go look at some guys in your free agent wire who may project into uh, uh, an opening for next year, some guys – that are playing behind potential free agents, uh, guys that are having a good month of August. You know, start from the bottom of the standings and work up. Look for your next key on Broxton and things like that. Guys that are going to get playing time because that team's got nothing else to go for exactly. right now. Start uh, those types of things and see what you can find to speculate. You pick them up for two or five bucks, whatever your whatever your league rules are, and then somebody gets a job in the, over the off season because somebody got traded. Even, or even if you're not sports. in a keeper league, you start getting ideas of, of where you can look next year, You're cutting some of your legwork for, for over the winter just by jotting down names. Okay, I got to look at this guy deeper in, into the offseason. You know, depending on how you do your prep, maybe you don't want to d- deep dive Keon Broxton right now, but put him on your list so that you know to go in there and see what, see what he's up to. I completely agree that, you know, it, it sucks when you're not competitive in August and some of you are waiting for fantasy football to get going. But for the most part... Uh, I know a lot of you still love baseball and love following it and want to keep it bettering your fantasy baseball team. And so that's the way to do it. Just start looking at different players, seeing who might be emerging as the, the next year's stars. Oh, my God, that picture you just sent me is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought God. you would enjoy it. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard as a teenager. Middle school. Yeah, middle schooler. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. And now he has those beautiful flowing locks. He's just absolutely perfect now after looking like such a twerp. See, why didn't, why didn't that happen for me? I looked like a twerp in middle school, and I still look like a twerp. Jeez, Noah Syndergaard gets everything. You know who's getting everything lately? Segway, what's up? DJ LeMayhew, man. On Oof. fire. Has the league's best average in August, um, 472. 31 points higher than the next, uh, J.D. Martinez. And by the way, Next two guys are both Reds. One, is, of course, is Votto. Can you guess who the other is? That dude, BP. That dude, BP. Always good for a big run at some point in a season. Like Always. A guaranteed, sustained, one month, 40 games, something. Like a, a now, can he, get traded th- can he get traded this week well, before the waiver deadline? I mean. Or will he block if it? He, yeah, if he wants, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> he can get traded. Dude's been traded like eight times. F- fake. Fake traded. I think I think he's got his. I think he has his ten five privileges now, doesn't he? Yeah. And so, listen, I get it. I, I am definitely one of those guys who says you can't hate on a guy when they make a decision that they want to stay, and they have, like Mark Deshera. They have those. They have the, that right. You know what what Luke Roy did, all that sort of stuff. I got no problem with it. I just would think that I, maybe he would want to, but 
that's what I get for trying to think what some other dude wants when I don't know him. So honestly, he should kind of get more respect for it than he does. Um, I don't necessarily think it's selfish uh, or anything like that. You know, he wants to keep playing for the team and, and see it get better, and he loves being part of Cincinnati. So good good for you, that dude, BP. But DJ LeMahieu, man, out of his mind. Obviously, they're playing some uh, a bunch of road uh, home games, excuse me, Colorado. I think it was at some point in July that the it was being floated around the, the Twitter sphere about how they had substantially more home games than the rest of the league. And by substantially, I mean like 7 to 10, which at, at, you know, at this point in the season would, would be something. So you know it's no surprise Charlie Blackman's up there. Nolan Arenado not even hitting that well. We were looking at this before, the, uh, before we jumped on. Not even hitting all that well, but with, with LeMahieu, Blackman, and some other David Dahl dominating so much, he's still leading the league in ribbies. That's how good Nolan Arenado is. And also, you know, you, you got to drive him in, but that's how much having those opportunities plays such a huge role. I feel like some awesome podcast talked about that schedule benefit coming up. I just mm. can't remember the name of the show that mm. did that. Can't, does, it doesn't jump to mind. Yeah, me neither. It doesn't jump to mind. Uh, by the way, really doesn't. I remember talking about. I remember hearing about something that's like, "Hey, the Rockies are on a bunch of road games. Jump on a few back. of these guys because yep. the home schedule is going to be really beneficial for them." Oh well. Well, it'll come. It'll come to me at some I point. I think. We'll, We'll remember it. We'll remember to tweet it out. Yes. Going by runs for the month of August, Charlie Blackman's first. Then you got Trey Turner wiggled in there. It's like a bunch of little Colorado sandwiches because Charlie Blackman, then Trey Turner. DJ LeMahieu, then Jose Ramirez. Nolan Arenado, then George Springer. Then David Dahl. It's like they got a guy there. Every other one, that's just, I mean, they're rolling right now. The fact of it is, the bummer of it, I should say, is that they've, they've had some pitchers kind of emerge that I, I like using, like John Gray and Tyler Anderson, mm-hmm. but they're at home so often, you're always kind of nervous, no matter how much you like those pitchers, to use them at home. So that's kind of the tough part, but it's hard to complain about offense. I'm sure even Nick Hundley and crew are – imagine if Trevor's story was still healthy. What would he – yes. what would he be doing? <laughs> My goodness. I, I lament. I lament that for sure. Um, Gerardo Parra getting in on the action a little bit. But as LeMahieu goes, this is going to be another solid season, Jason, kind of similar to what he did last year, except the stolen bases fell off. We had a lot of guys who had nice stolen base totals last year just completely fall off. Maybe this one shouldn't have been a surprise. Either. Now, this is hindsight, and I, I did think he would have teens steals, and he still could get there. He has nine right now. This is DJ LeMayhew. But after 23 last year, yeah, he was 23 for 26, but it was it was uncertain if he had definitely figured out like how, how to be an efficient runner because prior to that, he was a 60% runner in the majors, 29 for 48. So that was a pretty big spike last year, 23 for 26. And he hasn't been able to maintain it at all, really. He's 9 for 15 this year. That's back to a 60% rate. And so, you know, even though it looked like there was a big change there, you still were probably better off just using the historicals. However, he's counterbalanced the drop in steals with a career-high 9 homers so far. He's already got 81 runs. He had 85 last year. And he's hitting 341. So even though you can you can slag him a little bit on the stolen bases, DJ LeMahieu's been really good this year, and then no one ever talks about him. Why is that, Jason? I I don't know. I mean, he is uh, he hit his tenth home run today. By the way, okay. I think part of the part of the issue uh, when you try to look 
with stolen bases, it's a little tough to steal bases when you're always on second or third. Exactly. I mean, he already has he has 32 doubles and triples this year compared to 26 last year in a full season. You know, he has 20, he's 32 already, and he's still 35 games off last year's pace. Wow. Uh, plus, you add the extra you add the extra homer, so 42 extra base hits versus 32. So it's a little tough to steal those bases when you're there. Plus, he's hitting second behind Charlie Blackman, who's on base often in front of him, and then. And when he wasn't hitting there, he was hitting down in the bottom of the lineup. He was hitting in the eighth spot um, a lot early on in the seasons uh, before I'm, I'm looking. And then he got moved up. Um, he got moved up around late about around Memorial Day. He got moved up to the, the two hole where he's pretty much stayed um, until that point. So it, that's going to hurt him a little bit when you've got Blackman in front of him who gets on base as, as he does as well. So opportunities um, might be light for LeMahieu. I, I honestly just think this is an opportunity thing. Okay. But. With the guy, you know, we've talked about it's a lot easier to hit when you have somebody on base in front of you than, than it is with nobody on base. And I think that's part of what where, where uh, LeMahieu is benefiting from. So give from. me the hitting, right? Yeah, and his ability to use his all field. I mean, that's the yes. thing. He goes right field uh, just as much as he can go to the other way. Great and that's a tremendous thing for him. And, and and again, when Blackman is on base 38% of the time in front of him this year, he's got a 382 on base average. And that's just tremendous for him. And, you know, so you've got him. You've got to have the first baseman holding Blackman all a little bit because Blackman is a threat to run. So that's going to create more of a hold over that way. You really can't shade LeMayhew one way or the other because he's got great back control and, in fact, prefers to go the other way. Uh, but it's, you know, if you do lean him one way, he'll go the other way. So it's I think he's done a perfect two-hole hitter. And uh, the fact that um, Blackman's on, on base so much in front of him is just leading him to have – uh, more holes to hit through, and, and probably better pitches to see. So, yeah, when you're talking about, like, a 40-point spike in average and the and the county numbers that we discussed, that's making up the stolen base deficit, right? Because he's still probably going to get, what, three or four more this year. Let's just call it three. Say it's 12 total. So, he, you know, he shades 11 stolen bases, but you get way more runs, an amazingly better average, even if he falls off a little bit, more homers, more ribbies, probably. We'll see. We'll see actually how that paces out. Uh, let me let me do the math real fast. He's making a lot more contact yeah. this year too. I, I mean, just, understand he struck out 107 times last year, and he's only at 63 right now. He's got almost a one to one. He has more walks this year um, than he had all of last year. He's 55 really already, and he had 50 all last year. So this is a nice improvement. DJ LeMayu. Uh, here's the cre- crazy thing. I don't know if you looked at it. On the player radar last year at second base, where do you think DJ LeMahieu was with a 301 average, 23 steals, six homers, 61 ribbies, and 85 runs? Where do you think DJ LeMahieu was last year? Uh, tenth. He was fourth. Ooh, wow! So he was already like standing out, saying, "Hey, look at me!" And I play in Maybe Colorado. Part of the problem not giving him enough respect. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I missed it too. I was not out there saying get DJ LeMahieu. I, I, would look at him and be like, okay, you know, I'll take him. I, I have him in one league where it's like, okay, he's in Coors, but maybe we should have been giving him more love because here's the thing. When you got a guy in Coors who can control the bat like that, he's, he's just a good, solid hitter, you know that he's some, you know, for lack of a better word, it's not all luck, but he's, he's a, a nice run hot at home from putting up a, a, an amazing batting average, right? And, and to, to right. that end, he's hitting 394 on the power of a 422 Babbitt. So I'm sorry, there's some run hot there. He's definitely striking the ball better. He's improved, but you don't necessarily maintain a, a 422. But at Coors 
anything is possible. It's the land of magical dreams when it comes to offense. And so feel like collective, collectively we kind of missed the boat there uh, as a group. I'm sure there's pockets of you out there who loved him. If you were, go ahead, tweet me, at Spore, at Jason Collette. Let us know where you took him. Show, show the, re- Twitch, show the receipts, guys. though. Show the receipts. I tried to tell you guys. You guys didn't listen. <laughs> guys, guys, you better listen. Now, he's sixth this year, and that's because second base has had some studs there. Altuve, Murphy, Segura jumping up. Jose Ramirez jumping up. And Ian Kinsler's fourth. But the way he's continuing, I mean, I could see LeMahieu being top five again. So I'm not going to forget next year. He's gonna still only going to be 28. He's in Coors. And, you know, I kind of started with Trevor Story this year where – I'm just giving, I'm just giving into Coors 100. percent I I always obviously know to give it love because of what it can do for offense, but I think I've even been under underestimating it. Oh, by the way, this is completely unrelated to anything Colorado, but I also did see our friend Jen in New York City, and she's coming out the first pitch this year. Dude, dude, how did you get that done? I she told me. I walked you up, saw said, she and Joe talking, and she's like, "Hey, I'm going to see you guys in Arizona this year." I'm like, "Awesome, great." It's gonna be great. Yes, we're getting such. So a... this is our this is our, our 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 weekly advertisement for First Pitch Arizona, guys. Um, by the way, Ray Murphy and uh, Rob Silver are one two in the NFBC main event. Oh my! Both God. guys are First Pitch Arizona. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I saw that today, we... Ryan Blumfield. I was like, damn, I, I need to hang out with other people at First Pitch Arizona. No offense. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> If you can't if you can't find one of us, once you find one of us, you've found the other. We probably should branch out a little bit more. But every once in a while, we don't ride in the same car somewhere. We do freaking. I mean, we're seen as the, we're the twin towers. We're seen as a freaking uh, a pairing. Of, Two of the of five us. tallest people there. Yes, absolutely. But um, getting a more diverse group every year too. I'm talking women, younger folks. Uh, we'll be honest. When when it first started, when I first went, what was it? Eight years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of old dudes, right? We're, just, we're being honest, not slamming the event. It was still great. But the fact is, they just continue to get it better every single year. And yeah, and happy 20-year anniversary to Baseball HQ, by the way. They're, they're, they're killing it. Like, we advertise it. What's that? 20 years. And we've been, you know, reading them and, and going out there for a lot of it. How, how long have you gone? You've gone longer than I have. Couple extra years. Mm-hmm. I went the first. The first time I ever went was with Fanball, so maybe oh eight, maybe the first year. Okay, and I think oh eight or seven, something like that. I wanna... No wait, oh no wait, because I didn't go. I went after Emma's first birthday, so yeah, oh wait. Okay, then maybe we did go first year, same time. I thought you'd had one ahead of me. Either way, it's great, guys. We do advertise it a lot, but like they're not asking us to. We're just telling you because it's awesome. And you get baseball. You get to learn about players out there. I would not have known about Mookie Betts a little bit ahead of the curve. Not fully ahead of the curve. Prospect Mavens were still going ham about him before that. But that's where I first got to see Mookie Betts. He was not the, the he was not on the cover of anything. He was not the draw to go out there. He was a guy that I, I think it was um, our buddy Jason who who does the rundowns that year. Who talked? You know, they talked about him, but they weren't, you know, over the top. And then he ends up being a stud. That's where I learned about Brian Dozier. I remember, I still remember. It was a Thursday afternoon, obviously a game where there's like eight people. I'm watching him take these at bats. He takes 
three great at bats, two hits, one was a walk, uh, two hits and one walk, and just a great hitter. And it left an imprint. Now you're not judging a guy off of three at bats and saying, "Oh my God, I'm, he's going to become a fantasy stud." But you put them on your radar, and that's 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 what it really is. It's kind of getting them on your radar to keep an eye on them, remember the name, so that when that next year when he was in contention to win the second base, I was like, "I know who that guy is," and I have something on him better than saying. Who the hell's that? So Arizona Fall League, Baseball HQ, first pitch form. It's the greatest time, guys. I, I promise you, you'll love it. All right. That, that, that's not going to be a better advertisement than that, Jason. It couldn't be. Um, anybody else you want to talk about? We can free form here for another 510. Uh, anybody else who I want to talk about? Who has, who has stood out to me? Um, I, I was joking around uh, Justin Upton's two 950-foot home runs a day that he hey. hit off Henry Owens. Hey. I, I made a joke that uh, Andrew uh, – I can never get that. Benintendi? Thank you. Can ne- I always want to add an extra vowel. I made a joke that he, he's got such pro presence to him that he at least gave the three courtesy steps after each one. <laughs> Because was, he, both of them ended up in the second, yeah. the second section. They, they I mean, it went close. over the it went over the it went over the concourse that goes up there, and they weren't even close. But he was like, oh, "I'm going to give the three courtesy steps." I'm like, "Yeah, props, kid, you got it." Uh, he really does look the part, by the way. And so does Bregman, even when he struggled. There's there's a good reason that they were two of the top like five prospects in baseball at the uh, at the halfway point after a few guys had graduated. They both absolutely look the part, even if they're not hitting, um, and they both happen to be hitting right now quite a bit. Justin Upton's one of those guys that when he unlocks, you can kind of see it and you, and you feel like it might be a run. He almost took Craig Kimbrell to dead center yesterday, which is very difficult to do in Tiger Stadium, or excuse me, Comerica Park. Um, it's 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 a. Ba- it's even harder in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a bad <laughs> idea to do that, and um, it, you know, to, to necessarily go there. He has the power to do. It. He's done it a couple times this year. In fact, there's been five homers uh, to dead center in in Comerica this year. I think they said seven over the last three or four years or something. It's some obscene number, and Justin Upton has two of them. So he didn't quite get it, but it was one of those swings where you're like, okay, he's feeling it. And when Justin Upton looks like he's having some good swings. I don't know. I usually like to kind of get on that train. Edwin uh, Encarnacion, I mentioned, is another guy like that. Chris Davis. So the fact that he hit two today, I'm not surprised. When we, I was kind of watching the end of that game while I was on Twitch playing MLB The Show, and I was like, you watch, guys. He, he might be ready to just start clocking some. So, you know. The- well, there's plenty of track on that right now because those were his first two home runs of August, and he's still only hitting a buck seventy-seven this month. Well, so there's a lot of track. If you're looking for that get to hop on that train, you do have you some have lead a time. Lot with of <laughs> that, that it's that train is going very slowly. You can easily you don't even have to run that fast. You're basically doing a fast walk to jump on that train. I'm not saying that this is automatically ready, you know, is ready to go for freaking fifteen homers the rest of the way, but I don't know. I'm I'm still a sucker for Justin Upton. So did you guys did you guys talk about Chad Green this week? No, we were we were uh, implored to do so soon. If you've got something on, let's definitely do it. Well, I mean, he took a loss today, but it was one of these tough losses. Six innings, five hits, one run, um, one walk, five strikeouts. That comes on the heel of the two hits, uh, two hits over six shutout innings with eleven strikeouts and no walks. This is all since being transitioned out of the pen into the rotation. So, I mean, these are these are back to back quality starts. Um, 11 strikeouts against Toronto um, is impressive um, on its own. And then, you know, five against Oakland, uh, if I, uh, Oakland, uh, LA today, um, as he took a tough loss for them. But I'm just curious. I I ended up winning him in my home league. Uh, Thankfully, I was half a point behind the guy who also bid $6 uh, 
tapes on him. Uh, so I was like, tiebreaker goes to me. And so he emailed me. He's like, damn, uh, nice pickup. So I did again. That's a, that's one of the ones I looked at the other day uh, after that 11 strikeout went back and watched. I'm like, you know what? Maybe maybe it kind of because it reminded me of Shane Green. Yes, okay, I was waiting to say that, and I was going to ask if you felt the same. So it's really how I felt the same. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw – I thought about putting five down. I'm like, you know what? Somebody else probably saw the 11 strikeout thing too and, and went back and watched. So I said, you know what? I'm going to throw down six. Uh, so I have them. And that's really the, what I'm getting back to earlier Watch other guys. If your team's out of contention, try to pick up something. And this is this is one of the guys I picked up. So I'm gonna go back and watch today's start. Uh, one of the the, the quick view um, on um, MLB TV. What's going on? Get an idea uh, of what they're doing. Again, strike at eleven, Toronto guys. Um, it, it really, they you know they do have some swing and miss in that lineup, but they, that's not a lineup to play with. And he gives up two hits, six shutout innings. So it's back to back quality starts. And maybe something that helps some people down the stretch. I, I didn't want you know. It's easy to do that because it's a, a, a green for the the Yankees who's kind of pitching well in the second half of a season. So it's kind of that obvious link. But then it's not just the flimsy name link. They have the same stuff. Um, it, it shows it, – greens actually looks nastier. Or, God, you can't do that, Paul, when they have the same last name. You stupid idiot. Chad Green stuff actually looks even a bit nastier than than Shane's did uh, or or does at peak. Shane Green still has nasty stuff when it, even now, like he, when he's look, he's looking healthier, still trying to figure it out. But um, I, I give Shane Green a free pass for last year. I really do. Uh, he was clearly hurt. But Chad Green can get swings and misses, has a decent uh, velocity, can run it up to the mid nineties. Power slider. Uh, they they show him with a cutter. I can totally see that. Uh, that's not something that Shane Green necessarily featured as much. Actually, I have it totally wrong. He didn't, he didn't throw the slider as much. He did throw the cutter, and uh, neither really throws much of a changeup. So the one downside is you're not varying speed too much. But right now, they do not have a book on, on Chad Green, and he looks pretty sharp. I, I agree with you. He could be somebody to help you down the stretch. It's really one of the kind of the oddball thing. If you look back when I was looking at his numbers – uh, he's obviously given up a, a number of home runs this year, but a lot of that has came in relief. But if you look at, if you try to split his numbers up, he's given up eight homers. Uh, well, he didn't give up any. T- I don't think he gave up one today. Um, he gave up four. Chad, Chad Green gave up four in one start, and he's given up eight all told. Right. So like, yes, that kind of when you look at when you look at the numbers. Uh, but then when I when I took a look at that, so no home runs today. But yeah, he gave up the four against Cleveland. Um, maybe that was a spot. It was back in uh, just before the All Star break. Yeah. So you know, it was four home runs in that one. One against San Diego. Two in his first appearance of the season against Arizona. But if you go back and look at his minor league numbers this year in Triple A, ninety five innings. Three homers, 100 strikeouts, 21, 21 walks. So the home runs weren't a problem, and they really haven't been a problem at any other Ever. level. Yep. It just the four that four really sticks out um, at Cleveland, who just had his number in that game. Uh, so I think that's just an anomaly. Obviously, that's where you, when you look at the ERA after today's outing, it's down to 366 in the season with a 122 WHIP. But that 10.3 strikeouts per nine really jumps off the page. Uh, but that 1.8 home run per nine is really, is the kind of thing that we can look at it that may. 
may that may help you get him on the cheap because obviously he's going to be going every five days the rest of the way. And uh, with that improved Yankee offense behind him, uh, maybe there's some win potential there for you. Yeah, it, it may dissuade some. Don't let it dissuade you because I agree. I don't think this is a chronic issue where Chad Green's going to be allowing a ton of homers. So, uh, yeah, good, good name for sure. Let's go ahead and end on that, Jason. Uh, it's good talking baseball with you again. We'll give our we'll give our uh, weekly first pitch Arizona uh, shout out again next week. And guess what? Everyone's favorite part is going to be coming up in like a month or two, Jason, where we talk like we were dare to talk like eighty seconds of football. Oh yeah, we we got some nice feedback on that last year, didn't we? Yeah, they didn't love it. That's all right. I get it, and I won't do it before September. I promise, uh, because I'm still full baseball mode. But uh, every once in a while, yeah, I'm about college football mode. It's not the NFL, even though I do have the ticket this year. Um, it is all about college football next weekend. Uh, not next weekend, two weekend, Labor Day weekend. I am driving down to um, uh, Orlando for the UCF home opener, Ooh. and then the following weekend, I am going to Michigan to the Big House uh, to go see UCF play. Who I've never been there, so I am really Dude, excited about that. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. So I got to go a couple times as a kid living in Michigan, and it's. It's insane. It's absolutely. I insane. am all about the college football. So yeah, you may hear me rant, uh, rant some on some days. It, uh, it'll happen. I'll, but I'll be able. I'm not going to break up recording schedule at all. I'll be able to record next weekend, Labor Day weekend. And none of us should. It's Labor Day weekend. Yeah, we, we um, probably won't. I'll be driving back from Orlando. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so call it a no on that already, folks. Yeah, and then the following weekend I'm good to go, and everything else will be good to go. So yeah, Labor Day weekend pretty much is going to be a no go for just about all of us. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that that's totally it. So um, that's not next weekend though. So next weekend, yes. Then two weekends, no. So correct. Great. Well, Jace, great talking to you. Have a great week. Hey, you too, man. 